You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's 50,000 beef farming and ranching families, we are working hard every day to bring high-quality beef to your table. To learn more, visit oklabeef.org, link below. And let's get into today's episode. My guest today uh, is Sherry Glazer, who does a lot of things, but we're going to talk about uh, beef, I guess, the beef industry. Um, Nikki Snyder has, has, has set us up as part of our new partnership with the Oklahoma Beef Council, and well, I could eat steak for the rest of my life. It's fantastic. But obviously, there's other things to that, um, not just eating red meat forever, which I'm sure there's people out there that do that, and they love it, and I probably would too. We just talk, we're just talking about Texas Roadhouse and those rolls, and I could eat steak and rolls for the rest of my life as well. Um, but thank you so much for inviting me into your home. Uh, it's great to meet the dog. Super nice. Uh, not, you know, sometimes when you drive onto people's farms and ranches, you think, oh my gosh, there's a dog there. I'm going to lose a finger. Your dog's really nice. I appreciate that. Pyrenees are the best. She is, <laughs> and I'm a dog person. She is our keeper. She yeah. is our keeper. She is yeah. great. Yeah. So before we dive into, I guess, kind of your job as a dietitian and, and what the role that you have with the Oklahoma Beef Council, tell me about you. How does, how does this happen? How do you end up working or being part of this uh, community out here in Loyal and living in a house out here. And ultimately, like, really, is this really my real life? Sometimes yeah. that's what <laughs> I have to think, right? Yeah, so beef, yeah. living in the middle of nowhere, quietness, and yeah. I'm a dietitian, and I got to talk about food nutrition all the time, too. So yeah. what, what could it better be? So, yeah, like, the story of Sherry, that's a, you know, it could almost be a book. But I uh, grew up in, in this uh, greater community, actually, as well, too. Um, but I enjoyed playing basketball, and so actually that led me to a collegiate world as well too similar to you I hear that you mm-hmm. have a collegiate in golf but um, I loved health and nutrition I loved all those things and I never really knew what I was going to do with that like blood's not my jam anyway went yeah. to uh, ultimately decided Same. to become a reg- yeah ultimately decided to become a registered dietitian um, but I grew up on a farm um, outside of Kingfisher Oklahoma as well too so farm and ranching is just a lot of what I know and I really was like I love it but how am I going to get back to it right there's also the challenge of being female and some things are just a little bit harder than than what you would like it to be and so um, but as a registered dietitian ultimately that was my that's my first calling and I have so enjoyed learning all the things medical nutrition therapy helping guide people to better diets we know if diabetes is lurking or heart disease hypertension I even help people gain weight interestingly yeah. enough on the flip side but um, so I was working in large hospital systems in Oklahoma City um, got married into somewhat of another farming family as well too and uh, ultimately hey contract position came open with the Oklahoma Beef Council I sent a text to my husband. I'm like, I should apply for this, right? And he was like, what are you waiting for? So, yeah, ultimately, um, 
how was I going to get back to ag? I had no idea the story that was going to getting ready to unfold um, in front of me. And so I uh, get to contract work with the Oakland Beef Council through my brand dirt road dietitian um, and ultimately work from home and play a hand in our farm and ranch here at our house as well, too, um, because we raise crops and cattle and kids. We have yeah. two of those as well, too. So, And then we also are uh, able to get our beef just direct to consumers that want to purchase it from us, too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a lot happening there. Yeah, there is. Uh, back to growing up, you know, in this area and, and getting into basketball, people obviously, you know, if they're watching the video, you're, we're both sat down so they can't see. You're, you're a tall woman as well. I so am, I understand I the basketball thing. Yes. That makes total sense. Uh where do you get kind of the drive for basketball competition? Do you grow up in a family with older brothers? I mean, how does that end up? Or is your dad just think, you know what, competition's great. You should, you should do so it. Um, I would say it's probably because of the school that I went to, um, Lomega. Um, that's something that would be another story to be told for another day. But they have the most uh, uh, state titles. Um, in, in women's basketball in the, in the state. Okay. Um, and so, and they still are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and so it was just something I enjoyed doing and I was really good at it. And there's not a whole lot to do out here, as you can see. And sure. so we spent a lot of time in the gym. My dad had a basketball goal in the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I spent a lot of my hours and we didn't have the technology yeah. things to distract us. And that's what I did. And I enjoyed it and I loved it. Um, but I was also ready to retire. <laughs> You're done doing suicides and all those things. Travel and all I will that tell stuff. you though, the challenge was um, the transition from being told what to do as far as activity goes, movement um, all the time, um, to not having any guidance um, yeah. to that too. And it's still something that I'm still figuring out, um, you know, yeah. later in life too. Yeah, it, but it's there's so many lessons right within sports as a young age, and and like I love. I'm just thinking of myself, if I grew up out here, I would have my own golf range, right? Because you just have land and it's flat <laughs> and it's perfect for golf, right? You just hit balls at targets. Same with basketball. You know, you're, you have a goal set up in a barn. And, you know, the great thing is you can set that goal at any height, right? So you can progress as the age gets up and whatever. But, you know, having that competition as a young age just sets you, you know, you, you get that tenacity from it, right? You get you've realized how it feels to lose and you know that you want, don't want that to happen ever again. Or when you chase that, you know, you understand I've got to get better. I've got to win. So there's so many life lessons to athletes who, you know, kids who grew up as athletes. And I, I could harp on about sports at a young age and the win loss thing forever because right? yep. there's so much yep. value in it. But yep. so, so then you, you don't, you, you pursue it in college. And then after that, you're like, okay, like this is, you know, sadly for women, mostly there's not, you know, a living sadly to be made you know like the NBA but you have this passion for being a dietitian where does that come from when you're in college uh, to have that passion with diet food and how that affects either your body personally and families and and than the masses. Yeah, so I would think that what I think now is like the, our foundational nutritional knowledge is really lacking, right? So we don't have that. Um, and I grew up in an environment that my mom was able to provide meals for us three times a day. We had snacks all the time when we came home from school. The consistency of that being fed was always there. Uh, when you go to college um, and you have the plethora of food available and you have the card to swipe and do all the things and you don't have any guidance, um, that's a scary thing. And that was me for someone who was, who was physically active and they're like, oh, you'll be fine. You're, you're moving all the time. I'm like, well, that's great. And then as the years kind of gone on, I never had anyone tell me the connection between nutrition and athletic performance. I never once wow. through all my years had anyone ever really bring that up. And I, I still to this day, I feel like that's such an area of opportunity. That is an edge. Um, And I I still to this day, I'm just what could have been if I would have had that better guidance. Um, But ultimately, as I toured the end, I was starting to figure it out. Um, And that's what piqued my interest. And I had a cousin who was a registered nurse. And she's like, hey, this connection that you have 4-H, I know I, I love the food and I love cooking and those types of things, but also just that athletic piece of that. And also I understand how food is raised. I understand I understand what it takes to raise beef. I understand what it takes to raise wheat. Um, all those things could kind of go together. And so she was like, you might need to consider checking out being a registered dietitian. And yeah. once I did, I shadowed a few and I was like, yes, 
that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're right. So the athlete thing, I'm a golfer, right? So we really never worried about what we ate. And some people might say that peak athletic form for a golfer is a little bit of a dad bod because it actually protects some other movements. John Daly, for example, has got a bit more of a dad bod. But yeah. they always compare like John Daly's a tiger, right? Yeah, like, I know. You know and they both hit it equally as far. Yeah. And they, you know, obviously one's much better than the other, but they were both major champions anyway. With athletics, though, like there's, you know, now we know about it, right? We know that how it affects. And the interesting thing, and probably why you really went down the dietitian route, is it's so, everybody's different, right? Everybody reacts differently to, you know, whatever products it is, supplements, food, and then that's just fascinating. It becomes a game at that point, right? It, it definitely becomes a game because, and, and it's like just the pre-fueling, you know, did you, did, did you have carbons or protein 30 minutes or an hour before? If you did not, you will see the impact. I see that now on just, you know, my basic bike workouts that I do. Yeah. It's nothing significant, but I can tell if I didn't refuel and I wish I would have had that knowledge before. Um, the cool thing though with the Beef Council too that we're actually working with is a program called Build Your Base. And it's a really solid nutrition program. I never knew this would come to my life. Things come to fruition full circle at times. And that's a program we get to work with uh, with the university here in Oklahoma as well too, bringing that to light. Solid nutrition foundation, right? It's the edge, it's the behind the scenes. And just to build some confidence. We Sometimes we just don't even know how to put a meal together because maybe our parents did it for us or just because we just never really thought twice about any of yeah. it. Um, but ultimately, once you're on your own, whether it's for sports yeah. or just, you know, hey, I need to be mentally prepared to do anything for the day. Right. Parenting, all the things, you got to fuel yourself. And ultimately, yeah. that's how I see food. That was me. Uh, my mom was a, my mom used to work, she's a nurse now, but before my brother was born and, and while I was born, my mom was a cook at a Ford engine plant in, in my town oh. and would cook for three to four or 500 people, right? So... I never cooked my entire life growing up because my mom and my dad would always cook for me, and which drives my wife nuts because my wife's the cook and I can, <laughs> I'm slowly learning. I can fry an egg. You know, I'm the king of my George Foreman grill and, and a microwave. But as far as like prepping a meal, I, I would burn the house down. But, you know, when I got to college, the same thing. Right? I never cooked in college because we always had, you know, a car and a place to eat. Yep. And, you know, you as a golfer, we were active and I've always been, you know, walking and outside and active. But it wasn't until like after I graduated, it was like, oh, now you actually need to learn how to cook right? and figure that out. And why are you suddenly gaining weight? Because you're not walking golf courses anymore. You're not riding in golf carts and all that other stuff. I never realized it. And now looking back, it makes so much sense. But, you know, it's... Hindsight's always yeah, 20, 20 Always. always. If someone would have just told us at that moment in time, you know, would we have taken that advice? I don't know. I don't know if I would have taken it or not, but I do think there's just there. It's such an area of opportunity to set young people or older people, anybody up for success. And the way it comes in food too, is like, it's an experiment. Cooking is an experiment every day. Yeah. Like we're always going to mess something up and it's okay. And I wish, I wish we had more of like a free, you know, free bird experience with that of just like, Hey, I'm just going to try this night and see how it works out. And it's, it definitely will probably be just fine. Yeah. So then, you go down the, the, the pursuit of being a, a dietitian and get that and, and obviously ag is in your family and, and you're raised around that what, what, what during this whole period when do you meet your husband uh, through college okay yeah during college yeah and yep. is he doing the farming thing at the same time so you're always kind of around that yeah so he uh, he had, oh, he's always had a job outside of farming his dad actually told him that he, he was like dad I want to come back and farm and he was like no I don't think so and so he did he went and he he has, yeah. he has a degree in ag education uh, from Oklahoma State University too um, and then he just kind of you know picked up a few a few acres uh, some farming acres on his own um, and it kind of just you know this is just something we wanted to do and he was doing it um, and then ultimately Ultimately, uh, his dad did uh, fully, I think fully, no, never fully. Farmers never retire. Um, his dad. I need some help. Yeah, yeah. his dad was like, eh. anyway, so ultimately, yes, our, the acres that we manage uh, definitely yeah. uh, definitely have grown. Um, but the challenging in the farming economy um, mm -hmm. is still is still very challenging, especially as early as we are in the yeah. in the farming game. Yeah, it's, you know, and I've had, like I said, you know, you know mutual friends of ours have been on the podcast right nikki down in uh nikki carlson's been on i've had the guys in kingfisher on who's uh native acres yep uh, jc and josh jc and josh have been on the podcast and just like 
you know, and I think at the time Josh was on the podcast, I think he was still working full time at the bank. And I'm like, how do you do all this stuff? Yeah. You know, when you meet people that are in farming and ranching, generally I ask myself or I say to myself, you should probably do more because you have a lot. Yeah. All these people have the same 24 hours in a day that you do. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, and just real life example. So my husband, he's also a crop insurance adjuster for a company and he's actually away at a training right now. So yeah, I'm covering cattle care, kid care and, yeah. uh, all the beef and nutrition things on my work life too. Yeah. So, but I, it just all blends, right? The way that I don't have the grateful thing is I don't have to clock in and clock out anymore. Um, and that way of life was great when it was there. But for me now, it's all kind of blends together. Yeah. And I really do. Um, it's an honor for me to be able to blend, you know, our daily life of caring for animals and caring for land and blend that right into the work that I do. Um, I don't think there's anything more fulfilling at this point in my life that I could do. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Right. And you're probably looking back like, why is it taking me this right. long? How did this even happen? <laughs> I do. I'm happen? like, how did this really happen? Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of little things that have happened along the way that I was like, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that's why that happened. And um, what I've ever dreamed of being like guests on podcasts and being the face of things, definitely not. But uh, the Beef Council stretched, yeah. has stretched me. They, I, they allowed me to do media training and I kind of just really learned how to better communicate. That's something as dietitians, we, we have so much nutrition knowledge, but we're not really taught how to communicate it, um, right? The the media headlines and all the things, there's a lot of noise yeah. with nutrition. Um, and so ultimately, you know, hey, this is how you can, can communicate, which ultimately has given me has given me the confidence to share on social media too. Mm-hmm. So I blend that lens on Instagram at Duro Dietitian. Yeah. So just, you know, here's what I'm feeding my family. Here's what I'm feeding my kids. Here's also you know, behind the scenes of our farm and what we're right. doing with cattle and beef and all those things. So. Well, and I think people are like, if you're pro- providing value and sharing your your story, your life, it's not manufactured, right? That you're like, hey, this is, this is what I'm cooking for the kids today. Yeah. It's been a really tough day. Right. This is something quick, but it's, yep. you know, got nutrition in it. Or, you know, it's a weekend. I've got some plans. The kids have been doing their sports or whatever it is. This is what I've really made. You know, and people will get to know you and your personality. And then, you know, they become fans, right? And it's yeah. just, you know, that, and then it becomes a product. You're selling products from here too. Yeah. And what I found too is like sometimes, especially in the nutrition world, people feel so guilty about feeding their family and feeding their kids which I think there's a whole nother conversation to be had between all of that too. Like we are, we don't have a solid nutrition foundation. Like, you know, you have babies and they just send you home and basically give you a thumbs up and say, good luck. Right. And so part of that too, is just instilling some confidence in parents and, and, and caregivers that you're doing the right thing, right. We're doing the right thing and and let me help guide you along the way too. And so um, sometimes it may seem silly of taking a picture of a plate and showing, Hey, here's what we had tonight. This isn't every night, but this is what we had. And this is a, okay. Um, I live 30 miles from a grocery store, Yeah. right? So I'm not going to have fresh, pretty avocados and fresh lettuce and all those things, right? <laughs> it doesn't happen here. So I rely on canned and frozen fruits and veggies all the time. And I want people to know that that's okay too. Yeah. Well, you're right. That's the, the big thing about it too, is that, you know, you're... you're general probably people who follow you don't live 30 miles from a grocery store right and and they're worrying about you know if i gotta go to whole foods or for example and spend an obnoxious yeah. amount on fresh food no you don't yeah like there's one dollar bag of frozen veggies or whatever it is yep I could live on those too. Yep. I did. Yep. It's <laughs> yeah, going to be just time. fine. Yeah, yeah. There's no uh, really removing that shame and that guilt is something that I really want to do as mm-hmm. well too. Cause there people have so much to give, right. Then their souls and their knowledge and all they have to give. Like I really, I really, I, it's like a lifelong mission for them to yeah. just be like, I just want you to be confident and go enjoy life and not have to be like truly worried about that. Yeah. And ultimately that comes in the beef conversation too. So people right. get really like, should I feel guilty about this or should I not, you know, this, that or whatever. And, you know, really removing some of that guilt you know I read the science all the time I'm in all of those things and there's new science coming out um, pretty frequently um, especially since 2012 about can beef really be part of a healthy dietary pattern yeah interesting that's the thing is like you're never going to run out of content right it's it's always going to be something that's going to happen and and the thing about nutrition nutrition science is like historically like you know butter was bad eggs were bad and now we're kind of like things are coming full circle obviously in this uh, you know as we're recording this the egg situation and prices of eggs are 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 much of a topic but um I think it's just something about nutrition that I love and why I love that nutrition science is it's, there's always something to learn and it's pretty difficult to study. So there's a lot of, um, I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but, um, you know, you know, if I asked you what you had yesterday, 
to eat, right? So it's very easy to remember. Or a food recall, if you had eggs, how many eggs did you have yesterday? Mm -hmm. You could easily respond to that. And then it becomes, how many ounces of chips did you have yesterday? That's difficult, right? How many ounces did you have? You can't tell me that. So that's why some of those, what we call observational studies, result in some sort of associations that sometimes are not accurate. Um, And so some of the beef, the work that the beef checkoff has done is randomized control trial studies, like really looking at, okay, if we consume a Mediterranean diet, Mediterranean style eating pattern, include beef in that, what is actually going to happen? And they're seeing positive cardiometabolic results from that. But they're also eating tons of fruits and veggies too. They're also physically active, all those sorts of things too. So I think it's like this bigger picture. Can we just kind of zoom out? Right, because it builds into the lifestyle of that region, right? You know, yeah. you talk about, like I said, the Mediterraneans and they live forever sort of thing, you know, or the Greek or whoever it is. Like, why are they, you know, living longer than, you know, the average age of, say, America or the UK or whatever it is? Well, it's also a lifestyle. It's <laughs> a know? big part of it, yeah. So, I mean, we don't eat single foods, right? Yeah. So it's hard. It's so sometimes frustrating, especially. It's just like, we don't, why are we singling out single foods? But, you know, if if we can eat, increase our fiber consumption from fruits and vegetables, I think every dietitian in this world would jump for joy. It's just a big missing gap. And how do we do that? Um, and that's, you know, and part of that, well, I go back to the frozen and canned yeah. fruits and veggies. Like, it doesn't have to be fancy. Yeah. Just part of your life. Just make it part of your daily And then it acting. comes to your fighting like you know parents are fighting their kids right like how do I make this appealing to my child (laughs) and and again another podcast episode but food environment right so that positive like here's you know the offerings that we're having tonight being considerate but also as a parent you're the gatekeeper and like hey this is what we're having tonight because we don't have time to be short order cooks right you know I'm not I'm not saying order up and those types of things that's just not how it goes but you know some nights they're gonna love you for what you ate and some nights they're gonna be like mom that was terrible. Take me to <laughs> and you know, and I'm like, and for us out here, we don't have any other choice. Like we have no backup, you right. know. Um, but it's it's okay, um, and that you know that's part of it too. But again, that's there's just a real big missing gap there, and just that solid nutrition. I go back to that solid nutrition foundation. Yeah, yeah. So you you I remember you, you were saying you went to work at the hospital as a you know dietitian mm-hmm. before you you took the role of the beef council. So. The role, I assume they're very different roles. Yeah, very right? different. And obviously you're not being, for, not forced, not being pushed to do more social and be out there and educate people when you're at a hospital because everyone's just coming to you. Right. Yeah, to an extent. So clinical wise, it's like, yeah, like you basically get triggered for a malnutrition or new diabetes or tube feeding ICU patients. Right. So someone's sure. on a ventilator, they have to they have to have uh, uh, yeah. nutrition. And that's those are the things that you manage. And it was very different. Right. So you have to you're communicating with physicians, physical therapists, occupational therapy, nurses, all those things. And then I transitioned to outpatient, uh, which is what I really enjoyed. So that's where, hey, doctor referred that we get to talk. Right. So yeah. we're going to sit down for 45 minutes to an hour. And it basically my approach is like I just want to get to know you like I have to my recommendations have to fit your lifestyle or we have to come together because mm-hmm. if I have this gold standard these beautiful recommendations and you're like yeah. yeah you tell me I need to I need to eat leafy greens you know seven times a week and I live 30 minutes from grocery store yeah. like how am I going to keep those keep those fresh and keep those good so I, I, you always have to meet people where they're at mm-hmm. um, I think in everything um, but especially nutrition and, and those things you just have to meet people where they're yeah. at so then obviously this role, like you said, comes up, you apply, you get it. And, you know, it seems like a dream role for you because you get to stay home, you do your work, you're making calls, social media is great. Um, what is going on then with the, the with the family business at that time? Because that's the two sides that you have, right? You have your job, actual day job, yep. which you do for the Oklahoma Beef Council. But then your family has the generational family business of selling Farm table meat. Yep. Right. Yeah, we do. So, so yeah, so it kind of just changes. So I'm on contract. I'm on contract with the beef council. So it's very, very flexible. Um, and and some days I'm out doing speaking gigs and and teaching and educating. And sometimes I'm working with dietetic interns, taking them on ranch tours, um, getting them in the kitchen to cook steak and mm-hmm. pr- you know put together a full meal too. And then other days it's just you know managing. I would say events and nationally recognized speakers. That's a yeah. lot of what I'm currently doing. We have a lot of, a lot of events that are coming up that that are that are geared toward registered dietitians um, because we want them to have up to date 
cutting edge information when it comes to nutrition, not just beef, but just overall nutrition. And so then a couple years ago, we've always raised beef. My, my whole life we've raised cattle, which certainly were beef, but we have not always finished finished them. Um, so we, we uh, practice grain finishing, or they're grass finished most of their life, or grass fed most of their life um, and grain, and then we grain finish them. But we started selling what we call shares um, a couple years ago. So whether holes or halves, and so people would ultimately like legit stock their freezer, yeah. right? Somebody had told me that the other day uh, I record a lot of my podcasts at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame and one of the ladies at the Hall of Fame who does a lot of the tours uh, Emma was like yeah we just got out. we just got I bought half a cow yeah. I was like that's a thing yeah. I need to do that she yeah. goes, well how big is your freezer I was like not very yeah. big you should stop stop there first yeah. Yeah. you gotta start the freezer first and, <laughs> and through 2020 yeah. that became a hot commodity yeah. so everyone wanted yeah. to do that and the thing with you know with all you know the whole landscape of cattle and raising beef like it takes time right improving our genetics takes time the finishing takes time dry aging um, that would that's one advantage um, that we get to do is actually dry jars and and it just all takes a lot of time it's a slow process um and so we were doing the shares yes ultimately that is something that you know there's a lot of people that yes we might live a long way away from a grocery store but then there's also a lot that have the luxury and privilege um, of just going to their freezer and pulling out you know that protein as well too um and so i just was like ah why can't we just start selling it by the cut? You know, not everyone has all that room, like you said, in the freezer. And so, um, you know, you start learning and, you know, you're like, well, I guess I don't know how to do this, but I'll figure it out. Right. Um, and so I figured it out and we, we built our own website, glazierfarms.com. And so we're able to sell it by the cut. And I started out just delivering it by hand, to be honest, um, meeting people and answering questions. And now just we're a couple months in of shipping nationwide mm -hmm. um, and we yeah. ship nationwide now. And it's just, you know, just kind of baby steps sure. that we want to do. And definitely it's yeah. just directly here from the farm. People also also drive out to yeah. come pick up we has a couple from that were originally from canada a couple weeks ago um they're not they're yeah. living in oklahoma now but they they wanted to get out um just similarly to you it's, come on out it's and, crazy and it was and it was yeah. just they were like uh, and like i was like we don't have a farm store literally you're gonna yeah. walk into our home um and, and my kids will probably be here and just a great experience too so anyway um so yeah we definitely and, and is that something that's a little bit um you know, you know of a fear like hey am i opening up my home and we're opening up our farm to people to come but i also truly feel like if we don't do that the misinformation is just going to continue so whether you buy beef from us or you buy beef from from your local producer or your grocery store like there are people that's just like our family that's that's doing the work and raising it and we're yeah. we're happy to share well it's something cool as well and something just excites you about you know making that decision right to go from selling it you know in sort of bigger cuts to selling it in Forget my terminology. I'm terrible at it. Uh, you know, like actual smaller cuts. Yeah, just buy the, the cut or even bundles. The, yeah, so bundles, if you just right. want ten pounds at a time. But doing that, like, and then you, you know, you, you just, you're like, we're doing baby steps, right? Locally, I'll drive around because most of my clients probably gonna be family, friends, cousins yeah. locally. And then you said you build the website, referrals get out, and you know that snowball effect happens. And like you said, you you know you start shipping it all across the country and you're like we're getting orders from what state yeah. like, like, really okay we're headed to you delaware know? yeah <laughs> okay. this is amazing you know so, and then you probably put a handwritten note in there that says we appreciate it so much because right. thank you and then you know it's just it's i love business like that because it's yep. it's so such personal way of doing it and know? it is i mean the only time you know these the animals leave us is you know they and then they come right back um and then we're ready to ship it out so yeah. it's and, you know, even through the Christmas orders and things, I, uh, you know, our kids wrote Gentry, she's six and in kindergarten, she wrote the thank yous. And then the amount of people that were just, you know, and it, you know, it's, why not? And this, the stories are great. And the fact that your daughter's like, yeah, I know they're writing, like, that's really cool. Yeah. You know? And just seeing that and seeing you and, I mean, and for people listening who, you know, might know you or they might be of, you know, similar kind of situation they have kids they have one or two jobs they live on a ranch they might not having to when someone tells you tells you you know you should do more stuff on social media that can be really daunting right it's like another thing i've got to add to my play i've got to pick up my phone i don't really want to i don't like the look of what i'm wearing right now you know it's but the fact that you like to do that as an education purpose purpose and and kind of double down on the fact that no people want to see me in 
the day, not, you know, not dressed up, not in front of a ring light doing, you know, produce. Yep. They want to see you do your thing, right? And, yep. and, and that's what they buy from as well. Yeah. And they resonate with that. And ultimately, too, so I go back to uh, February um, of 2021. Mm-hmm. That was, we had the worst winter that in, in our yeah. experience and my, and my father-in-law, who he's just turned 80. And so that's kind of, you know, he's our yeah. almanac at this point, too. And um just asking him, he's like, I've never seen anything like this. And, and ultimately I just took it up, you know, I was like, we can share, this is going to be really hard. It was really hard. And, you know, behind the scenes, I think I still have some of those saved in my highlights on my Instagram on dirt road dietitian Instagram. And, um, that resonates with people. Like, yes, it took a lot of time to be able to do that, but I had a, I had a baby calf in my bathtub. Yeah. Like I think I have, uh, veterinarians in my life who I really appreciate and value and they told us started to tell us exactly what to do because we were having baby cows born just out here in the barn um, if they were too f- close to the edge of the barn um, you know their temperature was going to drop too fast That's right crazy. after they were born and yeah. so ultimately right because Kyle and I were checking them like every two hours um, like it was like non-sleeping for 10 days but we checked them for like every two hours and ultimately you know if one had been born you know fairly you know within that window we I just we tempt them um and then one was just too low and they said just get in the bathtub slowly raise the temperature back up keep their head out of the water so the mama will still recognize um the smell right Mm -hmm. so we we don't want to have a bottle calf that's not our goal um and ultimately we were able to do that and and took the calf back out that same day and Anyway, and totally fine and grew and yeah. was totally good. But just to share some of those behind the scenes, um, yeah, that's kind of an extreme um, event, an extreme right. example. It took time to share. Um, we were also, the kids were doing virtual at that point of school. So I remember I had a first grader. We were in the bathtub. I had schoolwork beside me, yeah. all this, trying to save the baby calf. And Kyle was out with other sets of cows taking care of them. Um, and Not to mention it was a riot. as well. Right, it was right. a riot. Um, yeah. But anyway, but God, I go back to just diversification, right? So like we're always looking for new opportunities I think um you know in the in the farming and agriculture world we raise food for human consumption like where we are at we raise food ultimately for human consumption and and there's always something else we have more skills and more things to offer and I think you know being able to to market our beef direct from our farm is one of those ways to do that as well too it takes time um but again you get to answer some of the questions I get as just a dietitian in general you know grass finished and grain finished beef is there one that's better for me or the other um you know nutritionally there's not a significant difference between the two and we can kind of roll on through some of those educational pieces but ultimately too just you know lay out the land of how cattle are ultimately raised um and what we do here in Oklahoma and loyal Oklahoma is going to be vastly different than the way Nikki Callison does things in Ada, Oklahoma. And we're both in Oklahoma. And it's just because of the resources that we have available to us. We're using those the best as we can. Yeah. But then back to what you said, right? The general, you know, when someone comes to you and maybe they might be a recent graduate and they've never cooked for themselves like me, or I wish I was a recent graduate. I've been out of school for quite a while. Now. But, you know, that situation. Or, you know, if they're a mom of new kids and they, you know, they want to make sure their kids are healthy because whatever situation it is, I guess how do, because you, 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 you talk to people all over the spectrum, right? You probably talk to, you know, your father-in-law, for example, who's 80 years old, who's probably ate the same thing. You know, he's set in his way, right? He's very meat much. Potatoes. I'm good to go. I'm still going. I'm surviving on meat and potatoes. Nothing's changing. But... You know, I think as, as we grow up and, and as food evolves and technology and whatever it is, how do you then go into that conversation without saying, without like blowing someone's mind as a dietitian and saying, well, there's the, you know, and then within 30 seconds, then you've lost them, right? So how do you go from, you know, the novice, I guess, way of explaining things into slowly breaking it down and educating them because that's the ultimate goal is education so they can take it and help others right yeah i think a lot of it has to do with just an approachability right so you have to be approachable you have to be welcoming um there's a there is a general kind of association that sometimes dietitians are like the food police and so people are really sometimes scared they're scared to eat lunch with me they're scared to eat dinner with me because they're afraid i'm going to judge and that is absolutely i think as you get to know me that is absolutely not who i am i am an ice cream eating all the things dietitian 
um, because I, I truly believe we can enjoy all foods, right? And so kind of zooming back out, it's like the whole lifestyle. And so ultimately too, as we dig deeper, there's, you know, there are generational impacts of dieting and, you know, clean, you need to clean your plate. You need to eat one more bite so you can have X, you know, or you can have that yeah. or that dessert. And so that's a lot of, I think what I encounter a lot in Oklahoma and that as I start digging and bring some of those things up to light, they're like, oh yeah, I totally, I felt guilty because I left or I cleaned, ate all my food on my plate because that's what my mom always told me to do because I thought it was the right thing to do. Right. And ultimately we know, right. We have hunger and fullness hormones that work for us. And as, as adults, some of those just get shut away because, and as someone else has told us our whole life that we need to eat more or X, Y, Z. And so ultimately it's just kind of in the approachability of that. Like, okay, what, what are you worried about? Let's talk about that. What are your concerns? Um, Come at me with that. And then we'll start laying a new foundation that you need. And ultimately I really like teaching from the plate, right? So we all eat from plates or bowls or something of that sort. Um, Half your plate, fruits and veggies, if you can get it to be, you know, the palm of your hand and the thickness or a quarter of your plate, a protein source, right? Hamburger patty, um, whatever that looks like. And then if you want, you know, rice or, or a sweet potato or something like that to go along with that, you can really create well food. But I think a lot of it's just in our mental approach of it as well too. Yeah. So to be practical for me, for example, so being a golfer, I hate exercise generally, (laughs) but as I've got older, I've slowly got into running, cycling a little bit. Um, we have a Peloton. My wife loves it. I got into it a little bit, but I run, um, I ran the Oklahoma city marathon last year and in Stillwater, there's a, the mid South race, which is mostly a gravel bike race. They have a support run race the Friday before, which is a 31 mile ultra marathon, but it's like a fun run type thing. People listening are going to say fun run 31 miles. (laughs) It's like party pace. There's eight stations every five miles and eight stations mean alcohol and sugar sweets and everything. It's, it's a riot. Uh, I did it last year. I like got 20 miles in and I sat at an aid station, got really cold and a truck pulled up and said, would you like to go back to town? And I said, yes, yes I, I would. Uh, the year before I finished it. So during the start of the year, I am training for that race. It's in March. And I have no dietitian background. I did. I'm not sure if you're aware of the 75 hard challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I've done that twice and got in great shape and not ate anything bad for 75 days and done two workouts a day. That was obviously quite taxing, right? I did it, I committed to it. I don't think I could commit to it all year. And then my wife, who will be running the marathon this year, she is more of the moderation one, right? She's like, no, I'll get my training in. I will have my ice cream. I'll do, you know, eat my chocolate and my mum's great. Every Christmas she sends us a giant box of chocolate from the UK. Uh-oh. So if I was, I'm not doing 75 hard right now, but when I was, I had to look at it, open my fridge and pass all this wall of chocolate and pick out fruits and whatever. It was torture. But for me then, what would you say, you know, if I was to do, not to do a 10, 45 minute, you know, consultation with you, but if someone who's in training that runs, you know, 15 to 25 miles a week, mostly long distance, you know, big run on the weekend. Um, what would, like, how, how would we do that in a short, condensed way? Right, like all the things. Yeah, yeah and it, it just goes into fuel. Just to right. people listen to some practical Basically, advice. Basically, all I'm going to say is carbs, okay. right? So you have to have carbs yeah. and, and, and good, healthy carbs. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, okay, pre, pre-train, you know, do you have your adequate protein? Do you have yeah. adequate carbs? And then you're going to need something during, right? Some of those runs, is, you're not doing like a 30-minute. That's, that's what I haven't really gone into is I know people do, you know, they have their gels and their goos yep. and that. And I just had a bottle of water usually in my mailbox. And I just kind of do a out and back three-mile loop and then keep going. And then keep going, right. So, yeah. Or a and, salt tablet or whatever right. it is, right. So once you get to a certain point, right, your liver yeah. your liver is your, uh, re- is your reserve. And then as you go so far, if you're not fueling properly before, during, and after, you're eventually running on E whenever, especially those endurance runs. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, car- and ultimately those excess carbs are stored in our, yeah. in our liver and you need those as you're training and significant training. And that's the difficult thing about nutrition as well, too. So you have sports nutrition, which I dearly love. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a different audience than is something that's just like a general sure. person that's just like, hey, I don't, I don't know whether good foods or bad foods or I don't, know, I don't even fine. know. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, and then ultimately too, it's there's a you have a window right after you, you get done exercising about a thirty minute window that you need, um, you need to be refueled and actually chocolate milk, low fat chocolate milk, yeah. eight ounces of that is like the, the perfect carb yeah. protein mix um, that that people you know it. it 
it's something that's super beneficial just because of that nutrition mix of carbs and fat. And then ultimately, you know, within two hours, having a well-balanced yeah. meal and moving in. And, you know, and it's interesting how you said you and your wife are, you're basically living two different lives. Your mental, cha- right. like your, um, the mental challenges that you have, the internal mm-hmm. conversations that you're having and yeah. those like are sometimes really mean, right? Yes. Like you can be very mean <laughs> to yourself. And then she's over there like, I'm fine. I'm doing that too. So that's really interesting. You yeah. guys have like a black and white approach um, yeah. that, but ultimately that's, you know, there are no magical diets out there. There's nothing magical. There are things that work for the short term. And my nutrition approach is what's our long-term approach or we have yeah. a lot of life to live and it's the choices you make over the course of time that have the biggest impact. Yeah. You mentioned earlier you're into your cycling. So is that like the short 30 minute blast or is that like, you know, the distance out here on gravel? It's the short 30 minute blast that I schedule into time. my day yeah. <laughs> um, because I like sleep right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, between Kyle and I, I get the kids out the door and then I just schedule it into my lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And I, I again, um, for all the moms out there that are just like, I don't know when to do it. That's yeah. what I have started doing for this year is just it's just on my to do list and mm-hmm. I want to check it off. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's how I make it happen. Yeah. And that's something too. you know, living whether you're living in an urban area or or rural area like I am like there are apps and there are ways and things around getting activity and it's not feasible for me to drive to a gym. Um, you know, could I do it super early in the morning? Probably likely, but is that something I want to do and spend the gas money on? No. And so that's why I love, there are so many apps out there that really, I mean, they can set you up for success and they tell you what to do. Uh-huh. Retired college athlete. I needed someone to tell me what to do. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Cause you crave that and you miss that workout and, and that, um, you know, and, the word that came to mind was that grind was such a buzzword you know and, and, and but you you're right you you've worked out your entire life right you've been coached your entire life mm-hmm. but when you're home with kids and a job and everything else you're like I need something high intensity for 30 minutes it's going to burn as much calories yeah. it's simple yeah. with maybe a kettlebell and a few other weights yep. maybe yep. you know and the internet and YouTube's also great for that. That's as well. great. So just a high intensity, short burst, and we know that's good for our muscle health mm-hmm. too. Um, that's kind of the thing too about being a dietitian. Like I know a lot of things, and so part of that it's like putting that actually into practice um, as well too. And then again, again, just the right balance. Like is all carbs aren't bad. All protein is you know like we got to figure out how to marry those all things together. But also people need that guidance. They don't have that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think ultimately that's what it comes down to, right? Is like they don't, they lack the guidance. They lack the education because whatever it is on the news, you know, if you watch the news or you're on Twitter or social media, it's hard to realize what's real, what's not real. And then to translate that to your home life. Like you said, it always comes back to your situation. Yep. So finishing up then as obviously beef being the center of your job, you'll, you know, your life really everything that you, it's evolved around agriculture and, and raising cow which I can't imagine that period in you know like you mentioned that really tough winter because it, it, it was terrible I think because we were following we were following um, JC and Josh mm-hmm. at that time too and they were I think they were doing the same thing there was calves in the truck in the, mm-hmm. in the I don't think it was in the bathtub but it was in the yeah. house and like I think I don't think I think JC was pregnant at that time. I don't think they'd had ranks, yeah, but still, like so it's a real. It's yep. you know, it's. I've never been to combat, but that's what it looks like. <laughs> you know, it was real, like all hands on deck kind yep. of situation. But with beef being the center of everything, and and just also how important it is to our general lives, our economy as well. Um, for someone who is listening that isn't an eater of meat. Yeah. How, do, how does that conversation start as well? Like, how do you go about educating them? Because I think people probably see all the stuff. Beef is bad. You shouldn't eat this. You should become a vegan, whatever. How do you come at that conversation from an education purposes rather than two heads budding, yeah. you know, and having a huge argument and a fight? Nobody yeah. gets anywhere. Right. Yeah, exactly. Nobody gets anywhere. Yeah. So, and that's the thing about choices. Mm-hmm. We have choices, right? Mm-hmm. If someone chooses to eat beef, yeah. we, we love it. And if someone chooses not, we love them too. Like there's no, there's no right and wrong in the way that we eat healthy diets. I think that's part of it too, is like science is telling us there's a lot of ways to do it. I think, you know, in that conversation too, it just becomes like really making sure we understand the nutrient density um, of animal proteins like beef too. They're giving us nutrients that we otherwise would have to supplement for if we're not going to consume them. And that's something that I know that, uh, you know, those that choose not to eat meat, like they, 
they have guidance from registered dietitians as well too um, to make sure that those are, they're filling those gaps too. I mean, we're talking about iron, um, specifically heme iron. So heme iron is more bioavailable, more readily absorbed um, that we will get um, from animal proteins like meat. Um, even zinc, vitamin B12, right? So people always are talking about vitamin B12 and, and you know, a serving of beef gives us over 100% of our daily value for that too. And so there's just a lot of what I would consider basically like behind the scenes nutrients um, that we can get from beef. But if you choose not to eat it, you can get it from other foods as well too. So that's the beauty of it. We don't eat single foods. We eat a wide variety of foods. And again, whether you choose to eat or not, yeah. totally up to you. Um, because I think that's the great thing about living where we live. Like, and the security we have of the grocery stores that we can really fill gaps wherever we want to see fit. Um, and I feel like that's a really great privilege too. Yeah. This is not really related, but one of the things I, re- and I only just remembered this and it make I, we did it every single Saturday for my entire life. We'd steak every Saturday night. Really? Every single Saturday. It's night. a celebration. Yeah. And, and I'm just, now it makes so much sense, but it was, you know, it's, I think as well in some countries, you know, me growing up in the UK, it was yeah, it was kind of like a treat, right? Oh, we've got to the weekend, let's have a steak yep. night. And it was that pretty much every yep. Saturday, other than the odd cliche fish and chips. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, it's something that we, my family have done. And every time I FaceTime my parents, my it's Saturday and she's like, cooking a steak tonight it's like shocker Um, and that's the thing about it it's very celebratory for people too and um you know there's just something about it brings people together at the table and that's something i think we can all all use in this day and age it's just being together um but then you have ground beef is like the most versatile option ever anything like you prep it of advance put it in your freezer and then pull it out whenever you need to add it to something and so that is the cool thing too is there's a lot of cuts that make it really versatile um that you know we can we can have it any night of the week however saturday night is a great night yeah for steak is there anything out there at the moment that's current topic that there may be this new studies that is just i don't know this kind of uh, uh, uh kind of at the top of everyone's mind at the moment or especially your mind in the industry that the slowly coming out a new educational piece because obviously science is great we're always evolving is there anything that comes to mind when i when you when i say that i think the conversation about animal protein and heart health and looking at those and making sure that we're choosing you know lean cuts um whether it has the word loin in it or the word round in it as far as as when it comes to beef um and then pairing that with those other nutrient-rich foods the whole foods of plant-based things right so we are we want people to eat plants that is totally that is a thing right we want to have a plant-based diet but it can also include beef too um within that and uh, so i think that area of nutrition research is going to continually evolve and and be challenged in some of those thoughts there are a lot of generalized assumptions when it comes to nutrition especially you know beef and those things as well too so it'll be kind of interesting to see that unfold to see what else we can find out um but, but until now, like we're, yeah. we have, we're starting to have a larger growing body of evidence that makes us even a lot more confident. Yeah. To that point, where is the best place people can go to, to find that research and just mind scroll if they want to, if they're into that stuff? Yeah. Even too, you can just go to beefitswhatsfordinner.com and that's yeah. like all things beef. I'm telling yeah. you, there's beef research in the nutrition tab. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just scroll down. There's all the, all references within that. Everything that that's on there, um, is, is sourced. Um, and they're majority of them are published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. But also, if you just want to know how to figure out how to how to cook a tri-tip, yeah. that's the perfect place to go to, tri-tip roast. Um, and, and just looking at generalized recipes too, but yeah. that's it's kind of the one-stop shop. It's a great spot. I will put that in the description for people listening, as well as two of your Instagrams, Glacier Farms and yeah. Dirt Road Dietitian. And, and also your website, glazierfarms.com, yeah. where people can go and buy some cuts from you. Yeah, I live in all the places. Do I have a favorite cut? Yeah. Um, I think right now my favorite, I have two favorites. Um, I, my favorite is flank steak. Okay. Flank steak is very versatile, very lean, and packed full of flavor. It's my favorite. Cut it against the grain. Um, meaning there's muscle fibers that will run, say, east and west, and you'll want to cut it north and south and make those muscle fibers short and much more enjoyable to eat as you chew. Is steak usually thinner? It's thinner. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. My other one is skirt steak. Okay. And they're very, like, fajitas. Mm. They're just packed full of flavor and kind of an underappreciated kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a signature dish? 
Like you personally, oh. that you cook for the family every now and then? I do not have a signature no. dish. Not yet? <laughs> I just, I I love new experiences in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I, I think my children will say, like, very rarely do I cook the same thing over and over again. Uh, I say, I'll back up. I think my signature dish is probably uh, meatballs. Okay. So we have barbecue meatballs that we absolutely love, and everyone loves them. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for inviting me into your home. Thank you so much for taking the time out to educate us and tell you a little bit about your story. I'm sure there are days where you reminisce about playing basketball and thinking, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And you probably, like you said, you never thought you'd end up here, but you, you know, have, have found um, your way, found a way to make a living doing the things that you love. And that's one thing. Every time I meet someone who's done that, it, it's special because not everyone gets to do that. Yeah. And um, it's something that I think we all wish one day we could do is, you know, it's not easy, right? And people probably listen to this thinking, wow, Sherry does a lot of things. Yeah, but also you get, you love what you do. You know, it, it would be different if you were chained to the kitchen. Right, doing right, something right, else, right. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. have a lot of flexibility. I think the variation in what I do is, is it's just like farming and the seasons change. There's a lot of seasonality, I think, with what, with what I do as well, yeah. too. And so that makes it, it's always kind of fresh and always kind of new. And I'm sure it's really like mentally great for you to be outside in the countryside rather than back in a hospital due to what's happened in the last few years. Yep. Yep. I'm sure that was not easy. Yep. And that, that's something that I've reflected on as well too. You know, we live in a childcare desert too, so we don't child, there is no childcare, um, opera really available where we live. So we rely on friends and family and all that to help. And I, I don't know what I would have done, but I didn't have to worry about that in the time and time and place now. But, um, and it, I'm just, it's just an honor to be able to work for Oklahoma's Beef Farmers and Ranchers, um, you know, through the Oklahoma Beef Council as well, too. Yeah. And it's just, it's a really, I'm blessed. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. And for people listening, like I just said, I'll put the links to uh, Sherry's Instagram pages, websites, and then obviously the beefitswasfordinner.com website where you can find all the information that you desire. I think the information that you'll find, it, it's all there. However, you need to ask the questions. That's the only thing I'm going to, cha- you'll get challenged with is asking the right questions and they'll get you to the answers. And if not, you can reach out to whoever is on the contact page and you might even That's find right. you to That's ask right. questions too and go through consultation. So thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This podcast is brought to you by the Oklahoma Beef Council. On behalf of Oklahoma's 50,000 beef farming and ranching families, we are working hard every day to bring high-quality beef to your table. To learn more, visit OKLABeef.org. That's OKLABeef.org, linked below. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.